Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Most of you guys that attend here regularly know I love stories, and I, through the years, have collected stories. I love to use them in my messages as a way of just kind of driving a point home. You know, the truth that we're sharing is so important and we want people to, to really grasp it. And so a lot of times we'll use stories. And uh, one of the stories that I've told many times through the years um, is a story uh, uh, of something that happened back in the days of the old Soviet Union. And of course, uh, in those days and at that time, um, faith and an expression of faith was something that wasn't tolerated under communism. There was a group of believers that had gathered as an underground church and they were worshiping together. Um, and um, they're about halfway through their little underground meeting when all of a sudden the doors burst open and soldiers come pouring in and they're pointing their guns right in these Christians' faces. And uh, they let them know that they're meeting illegally and that, that what they're doing is illegal and that they've been authorized uh, to, to take these people's lives. You're, you're either going to denounce your faith or we're going to take your life right here, right now. What would you do in, in a setting like that? One by one, these believers stood, denounced Christianity and walked out the door to save their own lives until there's only like a handful of believers left. Finally, when it was obvious that these people were willing to give up their life for their faith in Christ, those soldiers set their guns down and said, now that all the phonies are gone, we're your brothers in Christ. Come on, let's worship together. Now, when I heard that years ago, I, it was told as a true story and uh, it moved me and I've used it a number of times and I think you can see there's great application there. But if I'm gonna be honest with you, if I was one of those believers after somebody's had a gun in my face, right? And then he's gonna set it down and ask me to worship with him. I'm gonna think about what Jesus said when he said, if you're at the altar worshiping and you remember you have ought against your brother, leave your gift there, go get it right with the brother. And I'm thinking to myself, you pointed a gun at me, man. I don't know if I wanna worship with you or not, right? But I get the point of it all. I understand the point of it all, that our Expression of faith in Jesus is something we're not going to compromise on. In fact, it's something that we would die for. I turn your attention this morning to Romans chapter one, verse 16, the words of St. Paul as he writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Here's what Paul said. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. My dear friend, Ken Corville years ago used to say, it's the power of God unto salvation, first to the Jew and then to the Cajun. Come on, how many are glad it includes you today? He said, it's the power of God unto salvation and I'm not ashamed of it. And with that in mind today, I wanna talk to you for just a few minutes on the thought, living our faith out loud. That's what this communion service has been about today. It's been a, a, about an opportunity for people to go public with their faith in Jesus, to live that faith out loud, not just to have that faith, 
But to express that faith, we're always careful to point out that baptism doesn't save us. It doesn't make us right with God. The, the Bible's very clear on that. We're saved by grace through faith. Somebody say, thank God. But at the same time, we want to express that faith. We want to go public with that faith. We want to let others know about our faith in Jesus. God intends for us to live our faith out loud. And I wonder today if you are. I wonder if you're really living your faith out loud. Not only is baptism uh, a form of that, a form of living faith out loud, so is communion. You know, when we received communion together, we're making a statement. And I believe that statement needs to be heard. I, I believe that people around us need to know, hey, I'm a believer. My faith is in Jesus Christ. I believe that he came, he died, he rose again. I believe that he saved me, redeemed me, made me right with God. We, we make that profession of faith through baptism, through communion. Evangelism is another way we do it. When we share our faith with others, when we tell others what Christ has done for us, when we let them know what God is capable of doing in their own life, we're, we're living our faith out loud. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. Look at the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, Matthew's gospel chapter 10, verse 32 and verse 33. Jesus says, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my father in heaven. Jesus makes it really, really clear. His expectation of us is to live our faith out loud. He goes on in Matthew chapter 10 to describe the divisive nature of living our faith out loud. He says, I'm gonna warn you that if you live your faith out loud, sometimes people are gonna kick you to the curb. He said, listen, you think I've come to bring peace? I've come to bring a sword. He said, I'll divide families. Even husbands and wives will separate over this. But he said, if you don't love me more than the rest, you're not worthy of the kingdom of God. And then he went on to say that we're to take up our cross and follow him, pointing to the reality that this divisive nature of a public profession of faith in Jesus Christ is the cross we've been called to bear. It doesn't matter if they don't like us. It doesn't matter if they reject us. I don't need your attaboy. I don't need your pat on the back. I don't need your applause or your approval. I'm living for the pleasure of one. And that's the Lord Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. There will be a divisive nature to that. And people will want to push you back. People will want to ostracize you. And you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to embrace that. You need to understand and realize that a fallen world doesn't appreciate your faith in Jesus, but God does. And he wants you to live that faith out loud. Don and I just went with some friends recently to see this new movie, The Jesus Revolution. If you haven't seen it, I strongly, strongly uh, encourage you to check it out. It's an amazing true story about a revival that swept America in the early 1970s. It started out on the West Coast. And uh, I, as a boy growing up in church, I remember that amazing revival that took place and, and how it affected the entire nation and really the world. 
And in fact, a decade later, when I came to faith in Jesus, the people that influenced me were people who had come to the Lord in that revival. And so I'm so grateful for it, so thankful for it. And we, we loved the movie. We really enjoyed it. There was a quote uh, where this pastor, the lead character of the movie, uh, Chuck Smith, his wife says something to him that immediately resonated with me. It moved me. And at the same time, it challenged me. Here's what she said. She said this, she said, truth is quiet. It's the lies that are loud. And I think we know that. I think we recognize that. I think we recognize that the lies of a fallen world are growing louder every day. They're reaching epic levels where the lies are just being screamed at us day in and day out. She said, the truth is quiet. It's the lies that are loud. And I left that movie thinking to myself, yeah, and we need to get the truth a little bit louder. We need to, we need to raise the volume on the truth. Some people need to hear the truth from the body of Christ. Some of you have heard about or maybe even had the, the misfortune of seeing a performance at the Grammy Awards just a few weeks ago. Of course, this is an award show annually that's televised across the country and around the world. And it's always, it's always just a display of debauchery, always. But this year, it went to new levels. As Sam Smith, a very celebrated musical artist, got up on stage and, and in all intent and purpose, he had a satanic uh, ceremony. He had a satanic ritual right there on the, the stage and all the world's watching devil worship on the stage of the Grammys. And what's really fascinating, knowing what Sam Smith was getting ready to perform, CBS tweeted right before he, his performance, CBS tweeted this, we are ready to worship. Y'all, they're not even hiding it anymore. They have raised the volume on their lies and their debauchery. And I'm ready to see the church of the Lord Jesus Christ rise up and raise the volume on the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To say with Paul, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation. Here's, here's the reality of it. The more we acknowledge our need of Jesus, the louder our faith becomes. Let me say that one more time. The more we acknowledge our need of Jesus, the louder our faith becomes. Don't you remember blind Bartimaeus? Blind Bartimaeus was there at the side of the road when Jesus came into town. And in Mark's gospel, chapter 10, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I wanna read from Mark chapter 10, verse 48, when the crowds spoke up and they said, be quiet, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd's gonna try to shut you up. The crowd's gonna try to tell you, hey, faith is a private thing you need to keep to yourself. But Jesus said differently. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll have to be ashamed of you. But if you profess me, I'll profess you. And we need to raise the volume on that today. When we really acknowledge when we simply acknowledge our need of Jesus, the louder our faith becomes. Bartimaeus knew none of these people trying to shut me down can help me, but Jesus can. 
I want you to picture yourself for just a moment in a box that is sealed and the oxygen is slowly leaving that box. And you know in a matter of minutes you're gonna die. Before you is a window that you can see out of but nobody can see into. You know the oxygen is leaving that box and you'll soon perish if you don't get somebody's attention. You begin to bang on that glass and you begin to shout at the top of your voice, help me, help me, help me. Can I tell you, that's exactly where I was 40 years ago. I knew my life was fading fast and I called out for someone to help me and Jesus came to my rescue and because I acknowledge that he's the only hope I have, my faith has grown louder and louder and louder. Come on, y'all. It's time and I want you to consider this with me. If you go to the story in Mark chapter 10, you read about Barnabas, you know that when Jesus said, come to me, the scripture's careful to point out that he took off his cloak. He took off his cloak. Why did he do that? Some theologians believe, some commentaries point out that beggars had a particular cloak that they would wear. Some believe that it was actually government issued. It gave them the right to beg for alms. It gave them the right to ask people for help. Otherwise, they might not eat that day. But I want you to see what Bartimaeus does. When he hears Jesus calling him to him, he takes that cloak off saying, in essence, I'm not gonna need this cloak anymore because I'm going to someone that's gonna make me whole, someone that's gonna change my life and change my circumstances. Today, I believe it's time that we throw off the cloak of the blind and that we follow our Lord out loud. Cloaks of compromise, cloaks of complacency, Cloaks of concession where we say, go ahead world, tell me what I gotta do and I'll fall in line. No, 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 no. I wanna throw those cloaks off and I wanna call on the son of David and I wanna let Jesus be Lord of my life. Come on. And I wanna leave those cloaks behind. So let me talk to you real quick about how to raise the volume of your faith. I'm just gonna give you three things to consider on how to raise the volume of your faith. Number one, do it through thankfulness. When we're truly grateful for who God is, when we're truly grateful for all that God has done for us, it'll raise the volume of our faith. We'll begin to express our thankfulness, our gratefulness to a God that we owe so much to, amen? Psalm 98 verse four says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. I love that, you don't even have to sing well. You can just make a joyful noise to the Lord. And he says, make a loud noise. For those of you that criticize Crossroads and say, we're just too loud up here. He said, make a loud noise. We're just being obedient. <laughs> he says, make a joyful noise, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. I think we need to raise the volume here. I think each one of us individually need to go after God Come on, more than we ever have before in our expression. It needs, we, we need to crank it up, y'all. We need to crank it up. But then let me just say, it doesn't stop here. That's not just for here. We gotta take it outside these walls and we gotta raise the volume of our worship out there where others can hear and find hope in Jesus themselves. Listen to Psalm chapter 107 and verse two. 
It says, has the Lord redeemed you? Go ahead, let me ask you that. Has the Lord redeemed you? He said, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he's redeemed you. What I want you to do is begin to look for ways to point out God's faithfulness in everyday conversations. They're at work. They're in your neighborhood. When you're sitting by another parent at the Little League game and they start telling you about this and that, why don't you start telling them about God? Let me tell you what God's been doing for me. Let me tell you how God has proven himself strong. Let me show you how God has rescued me. Find ways to be thankful in a public setting where others can hear about the faithfulness of our God. How do you raise the volume of your faith? Do it through thankfulness. Secondly, do it through thoughtfulness. When we act in kindness and compassion towards the needs of others around us, I gotta tell you something. People begin to hear about Jesus in a more clear way than they ever have before. When they, when they see us be kind and thoughtful and considerate, we're presenting Jesus in a way they can hear. I love the story of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And of course, this was a Gentile who was practicing a, a, a faith in the God of the Jews. And he was praying to the God of the Jews and, and he was giving alms or, or he was helping the poor in the name of the God of the Jews. And his prayer and his giving came before the Lord as a memorial. And God sent an angel to Cornelius and said, hey, I see how you're helping others. I hear about how you're helping others. The volume of what you're doing has reached me and I'm coming to save you and your house. And if you know anything about the New Testament, you know the gospel didn't just come to Cornelius' house that day, it came to the Gentiles. It's the only reason any of us are here today saved and right with God, living for the Lord as a part of the family of the kingdom of God is because someone cranked up the volume of his faith through acts of compassion. Can I ask you, if you were compassionate towards someone, what, what group who before now has never known about the Lord's faithfulness, might you introduce his compassion to? What group might you introduce to the saving knowledge of Jesus if we just simply crank up our faith by doing good works towards those around us? I love the quote. Some uh, say it was Mother Teresa. I'm not sure exactly who said it, but I love the quote. It's hard to hear the gospel over a growling stomach. We need to raise the volume of our faith, through our thoughtfulness, through our thankfulness, and thirdly, through our togetherness. We need to raise the volume of our faith by coming together as one and loving one another. Jesus said in John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. You know, anytime I read a statement like that, I'm, I've gotta consider the opposite. If, if the way we prove to the world that we're his disciples is by our love for one another. What does it say to the world when we're fighting? Come on, y'all. When we're divided and we're at each other's throats, it says all the wrong things. So we need to raise the volume of our faith through our togetherness. Don and I met up with the kids a few weeks ago for dinner. And uh, there's a couple of Mexican restaurants on Johnson Street that the names of the restaurants are almost identical. I, I can't tell you the Spanish name. I apologize. I can't tell you the Spanish name. But in English, the translation, one of them is the crazy chicken and the other is the crazy potato. Come on, y'all. I'm in. 
I'm in. If the chicken's gonna get crazy, let's go, right? So we were meeting at one of those restaurants. And so I went there early. Don and I got there early so we could set up. You know, the whole family was coming, so we need to put some tables together. Do you ever do this? Do you do this in a restaurant? So, you know, when it's you, you think everybody should understand. When somebody else is doing it, you're there. I'm trying to eat my overpriced salad right here. But, but I'm there that day. And in that restaurant, the tables are so heavy and it's concrete floors. And as you're dragging the tables together, y'all, it, it sounds like a nauseated pterodactyl. It's just, Aah! and people are looking at you like, dude, get a life, you know? Pulling the chairs up, chairs are heavy too. Aah! We're getting it all together. I finally get it ready for the family. I'm feeling good about it. I sit down. That's when I got the text from my son saying, where are you guys at? because he's at the crazy potato. (laughs) Can I tell you, sometimes when we come together, it gets noisy and people get annoyed. But Jesus said our togetherness is the thing that's gonna convince a skeptical world that we are his and we belong to him and he can bring anybody together. Come on, over. We just need to live our faith out loud. Well, I sure hope that the message really resonated with you today. Perhaps you're someone who's never really made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to God. If you're someone who can't really say you're living for God, if the truth is you're just living for you, if you're someone who has no real assurance about what awaits you when this life is over. Listen, God loves you today. He's made provision for you to be saved and forgiven of all of your sins. You can be made right with God. He wants to give you a brand new life here and now and an eternal life when this life is over. And here's what he says in Romans chapter 10. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He is simply waiting on you to call on Him and make Him Lord of your life. Why don't we do that right now by praying a very simple prayer together. Just pray this prayer. Let these words come right from your heart. God's going to hear that prayer. He's going to forgive your sins. He's going to make you right with Himself. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe He died for me. I believe He rose again through faith in Jesus. I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life. From this day forward, I don't live for me anymore or the world around me. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And God, I thank you right now. Even as I pray, according to your promise, my sin is forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, hey, we want to know about it. Would you just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to the number that we've provided so that we can connect with you and give you some next steps. God bless you today, and thanks so much for joining us.